If you've been trying the so-called elimination diet to try to overcome your bad behavior, you got it all wrong. This is the Empower Good Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Empower Good Podcast. This is your host, Joel Mutre, and I'm excited to be with you today. I always say that, but I am, because I love doing what I do, talking into a microphone, really, actually, talking to you while you're walking, while you're on the treadmill, while you're cooking, while you're cleaning the house, while you're driving. Um, I just love it. And uh, I just wanted to start off this, uh, this episode today, uh, before we get into the seven roots of healing, uh, by the way, which is an powerful. It is just a life-changing episode. Um, I just want to thank uh, you all for making my day, my, making my life because uh, people, you know, I've thought about this. Ask yourself this, like what makes you, what makes you the happiest? You know, look back at a time in your life when you've been the happiest, when you've been the most excited and felt the most fulfilled, where you have been doing something that brings the results that matters to quote my good friend, uh, Ken Coleman, and I recommend that you go and check out the Ken Coleman show podcast, um, powerful on career and life calling. But, uh, how, you know, what is it that makes you the happiest? And, uh, those are the kind of things that you should do. Um, because God wants us to be happy. Yes. He wants us to be holy, but holy and ha- holiness and happiness can't be separated. And so what's so beautiful is that as he makes us more like him, we get to do the desires of our hearts. As it says in Psalms 37, Four, it says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when you're doing uh, God's will, when you're doing what you are, were created to do, you will be the happiest. And so I ask myself the same question, what makes me the happiest? And I always have said that I live for the epiphany. What does that mean? Well, I live for my personal epiphany. I love growing. I love learning. And so when I get it, when I'm wrestling with something in my mind or I'm wrestling with a behavior of mine or with a problem that's in my life and I read something or talk to somebody and it clicks and it just like happens, that light bulb moment happens. Um, that is when I, I just, I just, it's just it's the best experience in the world. But I don't just live for my own epiphany. I live for other people's epiphanies because learning just, just to keep it to yourself just for personal benefit is completely, uh, it just, it would just literally cut your happiness short. There's a wonderful quote that I, uh, always have been, not always have been quoting, but I've been quoting for a long time. It says that, that our greatest duty to God and man is self-development. In other words, not just for our own benefit of growing and learning to make life more satisfying, efficient, and, and not be so filled with, uh, dysfunction. Uh, and hiccups, but also to benefit other people. To honor and glorify God is the purpose of learning. And so when I think about my happiest times in life, it's when I've been communicating things that God has taught me and that other people get it. And I just wanted to thank all of you for your feedback. Uh, I've had uh, several reviews on the podcast on iTunes. Keep doing that. Um, people text me and they say, thank you so much for the episodes. Uh, I've talked to people on the phone and they've given me their, their feedback and uh, they've encouraged me. Uh, one person even texted me and said, hey, you found your calling, Joel. Um, and I agree. I want to continue to do this because it brings me so much joy um, and I learn as I share as well as I know that it brings blessings to others. Even uh, just this last Saturday, we were I was hanging out with some friends and uh, he was like, I just found, found your episode, uh, your podcast, and 
I had no idea it was you in the beginning. I just started listening. It was powerful. I was like, man, this sounds familiar. And then eventually he saw that it was me. And he was just like, wow, this is so, so powerful. And I just wanted to thank, uh, I've already thanked him in person, but I just, it just, it just literally, that's my paycheck. Uh, if I could find a way to do this for free for the rest of my life, I, I would do it because I just love communicating what God has taught me. And uh, I just want to thank you all for the feedback. Thank you so much for sharing this episode and other episodes with your friends and your family because the, the podcast has been growing and I've done no uh, no professional advertising. And so it's all you. It's all word of mouth. And that means that the message is resonating with you so much that you actually are sharing it with your friends and loved ones. And so with that, let's get right into it. Actually, you know, I want to share one one more thing before we uh, get started here. And that is uh, a, a promise that has meant a lot to me this week. You know, it's been a long long week. Uh, it was a, it was a stressful week and my heart was really in a tumultuous state dealing with a lot of emotions, some triggers, learning how to think and different things like that and uh, challenges at work, challenges uh, in life, etc. Uh, but a promise that I've been clinging to is 1 John chapter 3 verse 20 where it says if our heart condemns us God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And that is a beautiful thought, that when we just feel overwhelmed, when our heart is condemning us, when our heart is overwhelmed, when our heart is stressed, when our heart is just beaten and torn back and forth by life, it says that God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. And that is a beautiful promise. Well, with that said, let's dive right into it. This is just a, I'm just, it's not going to be a long episode. It's just going to be a power nugget from the word of God. Um, seven roots of healing. And let's, before we get into the seven roots and what they are and how they affect your life and how to, how to benefit from them and how to work with them to, to heal in your life, uh, let's talk about how I came about this uh, philosophy or this, this, uh, this power thought. Well, the thing is, it's kind of like a before and after podcast, like a kind of like a, you know, before and after, you know, situation before I realized these seven roots of healing and this idea, my life was me. Okay. Just, I learned from my personal experience, right. From ministry, uh, from meeting other, meeting other people and talking to them. So when I, when I was talking to other people, when I was in ministry and counseling other people and teaching, and I would notice other people trying to overcome sin, overcome, um, just, you know, hurdles in their life, bad behavior, it was always kind of like in a behavior modification. Imagine a tree that bears bad fruit, right? They would, it's, it's all about like, how can we eliminate the bad fruit so that the tree doesn't look like it's bearing bad fruit? And so, you know, they would pluck all the, you know, it's like if you could just pluck off all the, the bad fruit fast enough, then you can, um, you know, then you, then the tree won't look like it's bearing bad fruit. And then we're a good Christians We're you know, we're just out there. We're, we're a good tree. Right. Um, if that didn't work, then they would start, you know, I like to call it the tourniquet method. You know, if you could just suffocate the tree, uh, by tying tight things around the tree branches around the trunk and just suffocate the tree until the juices don't flow and the bad fruit doesn't grow. Right. I like that till the juices don't flow until <laughs> the juices don't flow and the bad, bad fruit don't grow. Right. It kind of uh, rhymes a little bit. It was like the tourniquet method. It was behavior modification. And I, I'll give you some examples. I mean, it would be, uh, you know, sexuality, pornography, masturbation. Uh, it could be television, eating too much ice cream, smoking marijuana. I mean, I've talked to people in all kinds of different uh, aspects of life, alcohol, overworking, uh, social media. I mean, whatever bad behavior, whatever coping mechanism, that bad coping mechanism that you use or that you've struggled with or that I've struggled with, right? Um, we are very much... St- about taking care of the fruit, but we don't really look at the root issue. 
uh, that is causing it. And so that kind of leads up to the seven roots of healing. I, I just realized the, 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 this is the problem with this idea. This is the problem. And that is that if you take a tree that is, that is, that is bearing bad fruit and you pluck off all the bad fruit or you or you prune the, the tree or you just like chop the tree up, like cut off this branch. Oh, it's bearing bad fruit and chop off this branch and then chop off this one and then tie a tourniquet around the other one, cut off circulation. But eventually you end up with a stump or like the stick coming out of the ground that's not bearing bad fruit. You might say, yeah, I had the victory. I'm not watching pornography anymore. I'm not watching television, binge watching anymore. I'm not eating you know, ice cream late at night. I'm not eating French fries late at night. I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I'm not sh- over shopping or spending too much money because I, I, you know, I just cut up all my credit cards. And I, you know, I, the thing is like, you could go on an island. If you struggle with alcohol, you could just put yourself on an island or in a closet. And yes, you could say, oh, I'm sober. You know, you could go on, you could, you could literally tie yourself to a tree and say like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, you know, uh, you know, masturbate or watch pornography and there's just nobody there that you cannot do it. Right. This, this is the thing though. You, you might quote, have the victory by not bearing bad fruit, but are you really living? Is that God's will? Is that God, God's plan, ideal plan for the tree, for you to be a sober, uh, dead tree? A, right to be an, uh, a tree that has abstinence but it's just dead right that's not the goal and i came across this verse i was talking to my good friend the other day and i've been talking to a lot of good friends recently actually this covid thing has actually been a blessing uh, it kind of forces you to spend more time with your friends it's great but i want you to if you have your bibles or you can look it up later write it down um, ephesians chapter 5 and ephesians chapter 5 paul is talking you know verse 25 is talking about um, you know, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. It's kind of like talking about relationships and marriage and whatnot. And I, but I want to skip down to verse 28 where it says, so husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Okay. So, um, this could apply to sexuality. It could apply to relationships. You know, maybe some of you have dysfunctional relationships. You just can't like stop yelling at people, right? Whatever bad behavior you have, this is just an example uh, you know, like if, if a tree was bearing good fruit, I mean, a husband properly loving his wife and, 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 and cherishing her and taking care of her. And, and, and that's just, just a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful example of a good fruit. It could say husbands that don't drink or husbands that don't watch pornography or, you know, wives that, you know, it could, you know, cause it says husbands love your wives. Right. But I mean, it could say wives, you know, take care of your bodies, you know, wives, you know, don't go shopping too much. Actually. Well, it's not a stereotypical thing. I, I like shopping too. I love REI, right? Buying gear for the outdoors. But you get the point. It says husbands love your wives. Excuse me. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. That's just like a beautiful picture of if that if that took place, that would be awesome. That would be like a great tree. That that where a husband is loving their own wives as their own bodies. But what does it mean to love your own bodies? It says he who loves his own wife loves himself. What does that mean? For no one ever hated his own flesh. Is Paul saying that no one ever hated his own flesh? Absolutely not. Uh, He's just saying, logically, it's just like, why would anyone ever hate their own flesh? It doesn't make sense. But then I always wonder, what does it mean to to not hate your flesh or to to love your own body? Um, I've always wondered that. You know, he's not saying that we don't ever hate our own flesh because many of us do self-destructive behaviors. Uh, our feelings bear fruit 
uh, in bad behavior, self-coping, self-soothing, self-medicating, etc. And so think of it like this. He's, he's not saying that no one ever has ever hated his flesh. He's just saying logically, like, it doesn't make sense. Why would anyone ever hate their own flesh? But what does that mean? Does loving yourself say like, oh, I love myself. I am all that I need. I'm perfect the way I am. I don't need to change. Everything comes from within. Is that, is that what loving yourself means? Because it says, love your, love your enemies as yourself in another verse in the Bible. Does that mean that you love your enemies because you're like, oh, I love you. Everything is okay with you. Just be the way you are, even though you hate on me because I'm okay with the way I am. You know, is that what loving yourself and loving your enemies is? But it says right here, continue on. It says, I'll just read verse 29 again. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but this is the key, guys. This is the key. These bring in the seven roots of healing. It says, but nourishes. So what's the opposite of hating your flesh? It says, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So what does it mean to love yourself? Uh, Some synonyms would be to nourish yourself, to take care of yourself, to protect yourself, to prioritize self-care. It's, it's, it's not sitting there worshiping yourself, like loving yourself, like as in selfish, like, because, you know, drink, you know, treating yourself with ice cream every day when you're sad and depressed or going and buying a bunch of stuff at REI in my case, or whatever your case might be watching pornography, masturbation, um, that could be treated as loving yourself, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm just treating myself. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about nourishing, taking care of, uh, protecting and, and enriching, And the reason I get the word enriching is because I like this illustration of the tree. And that's where we get the idea of the seven roots of healing. I thought to myself one day recently, I said, instead of just like chopping this tree up to try to hinder it from bearing bad fruit, let us nourish the tree. What if, like Jesus said about the fig tree, why don't I dig around it, dig up the dirt, loosen it up, get some air in there, put some nutrients in there, put some compost in there, um, you know, uh, put some water in there and let's nourish it and dig it up and, and, and dig around it and nourish it and strengthen it for another time to see if it will bear good fruit again. Because that fig tree in the Bible didn't bear fruit at all. Uh, it was deceptive. It had the leaves of fruit-bearing season, yet it wasn't bearing fruit. And Jesus cursed it. But he said, before we destroy it, let us dig around it. Let us give it a second chance. Let us nourish it and cherish it, strengthen it, enrich it, and uh, tenderly take care of it. And what happens when you do that? My dad is actually planting tomato plants in the backyard at, as we as we speak right now. I mean, he's invested time in in all these little, uh, you know, these fertilizer, uh, you know, ju- juices and, 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 and solutions that he's mixing and, and then calcium in the soil and he's testing the pH and all this kind of stuff, all to make sure that those tomato plants flourish and bear good fruit, which I can't wait to eat later in the season, right? That is such a powerful illustration. So what are the seven roots of healing? What are the seven roots of healing? You know, uh, when I think of these things, there's just, there's why seven, you know, I just like the word number seven. It kind of brings perfection, but I realize that it kind of covers the, the entirety of the being, you know, it's not that you should ignore that you should ignore the bad fruit. Don't stop, you know, trying to not do bad things, but I think we should put the majority of our time on nourishing ourselves and then the healing will come automatically the good fruit will come automatically i'm just going to quickly go through these we're not going to spend a long time out we're going to have a, like you know a whole episode on each one of these 
But the first one is spiritual. You know, many times I've realized that a misconception of who God is, right? If you think that he's uh, distant, that he uh, ignores you, that he's a deistic God where he created a human race and kind of put the world into spin and then just kind of leaves us on our own, that he's distant. If he's if you think of him as a God who is just with a clipboard waiting and checking off a list to make sure you're being perfect and that he's going to give you, uh, give you beef at the end. If you weren't, if you didn't do things perfectly, he's going to yell at you. That's that, that all those things contribute to a, to, to bad behavior. I mean, if you, you know, if you're just being pressured and guilted and, and, and guilt tripped, and if you feel like that's what God is doing to you, that's not how he is by the way. Um, but that right there can contribute so much to bad behavior. Um, I think of the, uh, the the paralytic that was dropped down through the roof, not dropped, but lowered down through the roof by his four friends. He came there for physical healing, but Jesus says, you know what? No, 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 no. I want to heal. Your sins are forgiven you. Then he said, get up and walk. In other words, Jesus knew that he needed spiritual healing uh, before he could then uh, uh, benefit from the physical healing. And that brings us uh, to the next one. Uh, which is physical healing and, uh, you know, or physical, the area of physical uh, health. Because the thing is, if you don't have uh, it, you know, so many people, they're like, they're trying to overcome, uh, you know, pornography. They're over try- trying to overcome, you know, uh, binge watching television or they're or trying to overcome drugs and alcohol, but they're not, t- they're not sleeping. They're not taking care of their body. They don't eat pr- healthy food. Um, you know, that nourishes the brain and the frontal lobe is the very place where do- decisions to do right and wrong healthy decisions, not decisions happens. And so if you're fueling your mind with junk, and and by the way, I'm not saying this in a guilt trip way. I'm just being very logical and very, just, it's very obvious. If we are in bad shape, if we don't drink enough water, if we don't drink, you know, outside being exercising, uh, being fit, if we're just laying on the couch or sitting at our desks all day long, we're just, our brains become like sludge and no wonder it's going to be hard to not give into temptation when you're tired and discouraged when you come home late at night and you want to do whatever uh, that you're tempted to do, right? Eat ice cream, watch pornography, or whatever the case might be, right? And so the the, the physical health uh, plays in. That's root number two. Root number three is mental health. If you, if you like, like we talked about reframing, if you don't know how to think and you don't know how to question irrational beliefs in your mind and say, have a little powwow and say, okay, okay, hold on. What's going on? I feel discouraged. I feel sad, but does it mean that I need to watch? Is that really going to help? If you can't do that, then you're kind of toast, right? If you can then go to therapy or read books and learn and, and, and as it were, nourish the spiritual root, nourish the physical root, nourish the mental root of your tree, you will automatically start bearing good fruit in your tree because it'll hinder that bad fruit from growing. Next one is emotional. Uh, the next one is emotional. I mean, if we don't know how to deal with our emotions, but also specifically don't know where our emotions come from, um, go, digging into your past, whether you were, you had traumatic experiences uh, or not, uh, I didn't really have any of those growing up, but yet I realized that it was benefited me so much from learning about my upbringing and who I am and why I am the way I am. It just helps clarify and I understand why I get angry, why I get sad, why I get frustrated. And when you can start fighting those things, you're not fighting ice cream, you're not fighting shopping, you're not fighting lust, you're fighting anger and discouragement and sadness and loneliness, et cetera. Instead, you're cutting, you're, 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 you're literally going upstream and you're finding the problem and you're dealing with it there. Uh, the next one is social. So many of us uh, are lonely. So many of us uh, have people around us. We just don't have quality friendships. With this age of social media, we're so connected yet everything is so shallow. And I want to challenge you to, to nourish, to uh, enrich, and, to, and to, um, to do everything you can to strengthen the root of social 
healing. Uh, because, you know, develop quality relationships, quality friendships, platonic friendships with guys and girls, uh, with men and women, to, to, to really have the brothers and sisters in Christ that God intended. Uh, the Bible said it's not good for man to be alone. And yeah, it was talking about marriage, but it's, it's just not good for men or women to be alone. We were created for community to help and to strengthen one another. And, I, and, and again, we're just going through this uh, nice and quick, kind of like an overview but I just, the reason we're doing this is because I want you to understand that the way we've been going about dealing with negative behavior, unwanted sin or behavior, et cetera, bad coping in our lives, trying to eliminate that has been the wrong way. And uh, the, last, the last one is environmental. Actually, no, there's two more. Uh, the, the, the sixth one is professional, which has to talk about, you know, it talks about the idea of not having a purpose in life, you know, in your work, in your school, but finding your mission. And uh, digging into that and say, Lord, why, why, why was I created? Where am I going? What's my purpose? What am I good at? What do I find the most rewarding? And a quick three questions you can ask yourself, by the way, your sweet spot, God's calling for your life is the answer to these three questions. Number one, what do I do best? Number two, what do I enjoy doing the most? And number three, uh, what brings me the results that matter, that, that, really, that I really, really care about and that bring that lasting impact that God has laid on my heart? And the last one is environmental. I mean, what are you watching? What are you uh, listening to? And what does your room look like, right? You know, what does your car look like? What is the environment around you, the people that you hang out with? Your environment plays such a huge role as well. Because if you're around people that do drugs all the time or that speak negatively, you could do, you could do cognitive behavioral therapy all day long. If, you could, if you're hanging out with people that go to McDonald's every day, I mean, you're going to be doing the same thing. And you, you want to think about your environment, what you're putting into your mind and your body uh, in that way. And so I just wanted to share those with you. I want you to have a paradigm shift. I want you to nourish and to cherish your own self. Now, it sounds like for so many people, I just grew up thinking that that was sounded selfish, but I just want to encourage you all. I want to encourage you to, to, to as, the, as the verse says, it literally says right here, but nourishes and cherishes it. What does it mean to not hate yourself? What does it mean to take what does it mean to, to love yourself? It means to nourish, to cherish. But the beautiful thing, it says, just as the Lord does the church. You might feel stressed thinking about, oh my goodness, these seven roots of healing. How in the world am I going to do all these things? That sounds like such a lot of work and it's just so stressful. But know that God is the author and finisher of your salvation. But it says, it says here, not only your salvation, but he's the author and finisher. He's the gardener. He says, just as the Lord does the church, just as he does for you, God is the one that's trying to nourish. He's not trying to condemn you for your mistakes. He said to the woman caught in adultery, he said, hey, neither do I condemn you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And so he, he, he literally says, come to me. I'm going to nourish. I'm going to cherish you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to help you trust in me. Uh, there is rest for, for you in me. And so I just want to leave you with that. And I want you to take this and chew on it. I want you to find one thing. What is the one thing that you can do today to start nourishing your roots? Pick one of them. Is it the social no, excuse me, is it the spiritual? Is it the mental, emotional, physical, social, professional, or environmental? What's one thing? Don't, don't get overwhelmed. What's one thing that you can do to cherish and to nourish your soul to bear good fruit? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Empower Good Podcast. I am truly honored. 
Remember, until next time, share this episode with somebody who you know needs the encouragement. God bless you, and remember to empower good.